This is where creative believers are encouraged to be great artists. I am your mediocre host, Matt Anderson. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you have not done so to this point, please subscribe to the Mattcast and then give us a five-star review on your platform if that's available. That certainly helps us out. You know, I think part of the mentality of the artist, there's something about us that hates just preaching to the choir. Or I think at least it should be. I mean, if we are just an echo chamber, what's the point? If, if we're simply going to create things that only repeat the predominant opinion of the day, there's really not much point in it. On a previous podcast, I've talked about the, the power of frustration uh, and how in art that can be used to ask tough questions and maybe expose things that aren't talked about enough. But we have to use that correctly. And they don't have to be seismic issues, but they I think there are things that... We can touch on that challenge, the uh, the norms of society. You know, I think about the, the modern dance company I was involved with for 12 years. I remember they created a piece one time called Look Up. And the entire piece, everybody on the stage had cell phones on, and you could see it. It was sort of a dark space, and you could see the light emanating from the screens. And as everyone is moving around, only looking at their screens, there are other things happening on the stage that are beautiful that the rest of them are missing. And I just thought it was such a great commentary on how we are missing so much of life because we are so devoted to our screens and our devices. I mean, that's, to me, that's a great use of art. It's, it's meant to jostle us or at least poke us <laughs> a little bit and say, hey, um, have you considered this? To me, that's one of the greatest functions of art. And we don't, we don't have to do that with everything we make and create. But man, isn't there something within you as a creative that that wants to, isn't there a little bit of troublemaker in you? I think that that's part of the recipe. And yes, we do want to document beauty and, and as believers, we want to show God's creation in, in different forms and honor him with what he has made and, and, and how he works. Absolutely. That, that always works. Uh, glorifying him is always a yes. But look, we're artists here and there are things that bug us. And I, there's a tool for that, for us to use. Uh, so I want to, in this episode, kind of direct this, since this is mainly for Christians, I want to kind of keep it within our own camp when I, when I speak of uh, this issue. Uh, it is important as artists that we, we have to say hard things sometimes or ask tough questions that, that we cannot fear. 
if we really seek truth, we can never fear the answers to questions. And we need the freedom to ask them, even if it turns out to be a stupid question. <laughs> it's good that somebody asked it. It's, if for no other reason, we look at it and we're like, no, 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 that's not a thing. Like, okay. You know, one of the marks of a cult is that questions are never allowed. So I think as artists, we, we need to sometimes just tap into that frustration within the kingdom. Yeah, yes, within the kingdom, because we're not perfect people. And we need to say or express difficult things. Uh, here's how Paul expressed it to the young preacher, Timothy. This is 2 Timothy 4. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. And it's such an interesting phrase that Paul uses that in those days, people would surround themselves with a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Now, look, I'm not a pastor right now, so I'm not going to pretend like I know what it's like to be one. I'm not going to do that. I think that's always detrimental to the cause. And I think many of them are being pressed on either side right now. And both sides of that vice have very specific things they want or they don't want to hear. And honestly, either side is liable to head for the exits. If any of these things are stepped on or alluded to, um, it's not a fun time to be a pastor. Because we have a real outbreak of itching ear disease. I think we have many in church who are walking into our sanctuaries with full agendas. They have spent the week on their favorite news sites or radio programs or cable news shows being filled with information and commentary. And it has galvanized them in their opinions. Now, many will walk into church on Sunday wanting those beliefs verified, not challenged, verified by their pastor. I think there is a distinctive lack of openness to the Word of God. A lot of people are looking for confirmation bias. We want to hear people in all spheres who agree with us, with no room for a differing opinion. There is almost zero tolerance to be challenged about our opinions. So what do pastors do? Well, I want to challenge all of my preacher and teacher friends out there. 
because even though I'm not a pastor, I still am able to travel around most Sundays and speak. I want to challenge all my all the preachers and teachers out there. We have to come back to Paul's words to Timothy. And if we're going to truly present a sermon and a message, and again, we want to I always love to see sermons written and presented as art. We have to preach the word. Because if we're not careful, we can find ourselves chasing our tails and constantly being reactive to every wind of doctrine, every teaching, every political whim, every TV preacher, every commentator. We just, we have to come back to the word. And that means, preacher friends, we start there with the word and then we say hard things. So I think when it comes to our, our preparation of messages, I just want to personally, this is not a thus saith the Lord, okay? I just want to recommend a strategy. I think we have to be very uh, hesitant to start with our opinion. Now, hopefully we're grounded in Christ in all things and the, the opinions that we have are well-founded in Scripture. But too often, what I'm seeing is, is that a, a preacher will start with their opinion and then find Scripture here, Scripture there, Scripture there to verify their opinion. Um, I, somebody I knew in Bible college made a joke one day. He said, yeah, that guy had a three-point sermon Point one, state the text. Point two, depart from the text. Point three, never return to the text. And you know, frankly, I see that happening a lot. And I, I don't think it's certainly not intentional. But if we're not careful, we're going to think that Scripture exists to verify our opinion rather than to form our opinion. I'm telling you, folks, it's subtle. But when the itching ear gets involved, we will recognize one or the other. And when we just read Scripture ourselves, which certainly should be happening, we shouldn't wait till Sunday to have Scripture confronted to us. There should be moments when we're just reading Scripture, us and Jesus, when we're confronted and we're challenged. And we go, hmm, wow. What's the scripture saying? Rather than, oh, I don't like that verse. I don't like that passage. Oh, that's so Old Testament. <laughs> the Bible exists to form our opinions, not verify them. And so, my preacher friends, this is how we have to prepare. We must, I would say, find at least a passage of scripture, see what it says. And from that come our remarks. I know some of us aren't used to doing it that way, but we will avoid a lot of trouble. We will avoid a lot of pits and holes if we will do it in that order. Because if you really believe in this thing, 
When you and the Bible disagree, guess which one loses? You know, the gospel itself is offensive to the world. Uh, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that those who are perishing consider it foolishness. And you go, well, why is that? I mean, really, the gospel presentation is Jesus died for you to free you of your sins. Yeah, but see, here's where it starts. This is where people get offended. The gospel starts with an admission that I have screwed up my life. I am a royal screw up. I am a sinful, depraved human being. And I can't fix myself. Oh my word, that's what's offensive. That's what offends people. Because everybody wants to think that what, even whatever's wrong in their life, they can find a way to fix it. You know, literally self-help. And so people have to come to the end of themselves and say, I can't do it. I'm a royal mess and a royal screw up. That's why the gospel's offensive to so many people. Nobody likes to hear that about themselves. And their itching ears want to hear something very different. So I think it's very important behind the pulpit. We begin with the word and we read it and we say, what is it saying? And from there, we have our thesis and we have a stake in the ground. And now we will explain it. And then if people storm out of the room, let them storm. Because they're going to find somewhere to get the itch scratched. And I pray it is not our church. expand our conversation of the itching ear disease. And I want to expand this now to all artists, because I know you might be thinking I'm really just relegating this to the church. But now let me speak to um, my artistic Christian friends. We too need to do the same thing. We need to be, uh, we need to be challenging what is happening, yes, sometimes within our own house, and also what is happening in the world. We need to be fearless through our art to be able to um, ask very difficult questions, say very hard things that could potentially do us not so great good in, in PR. But if we're rooted in God's word, believe me, the truth always wins. And I, I just would encourage all my artist friends, there is plenty in our world happening right now that needs to be commented on. And one of the things that we sometimes do on Madcast is we, we try to use satire. And we have aimed our, <laughs> aimed our sights on inside and outside the kingdom at different moments. And we've poked fun at things that we thought deserved it, or at least need to be 
brought into the light. And while we're laughing, we're kind of asking ourselves, wait a minute, what does that mean? That's what we hope to do. You know, for instance, just recently in a recent episode, right, you might remember we did a, uh, we did a commercial called Tattoos for Tots in which someone from the tattoo industry was encouraging little kids to come and get your tattoo because we've seen the light and now we realize that at any age you have the right to and the ability to say permanently what can you have changed on your body right that was rooted that was rooted in very real stuff that's being promoted in many circles of our society and it it needed to be exposed and frankly made fun of and so we used absurdity to illustrate the absurd. And to me, this is the kind of thing we, we want to do as artists. Great. It's nice to paint a nice landscape. It's great to take beautiful photographs of nature. Why not? My word, you have to do that. But listen, <laughs> there is more. And during this time and space, I can't think of a time more than ever that we need believers who are creative to be daring and say hard things. According to um, a recent poll taken by Lifeway Research, Protestant pastors in the United States identified comfort as the idol that holds the most significant influence on their congregations. Okay, so we're going to turn our thoughts back inward here. The specific question posed by Lifeway was, what modern-day idols are influencing the church? In the survey, 97% of the respondents, Protestant pastors, said comfort was either the largest influence or a significant one. Okay, I, I, and I'm sure 97% of us would agree with that. But here's the challenge. And here's the opportunity for the artist. What has been one of the biggest trends in the church for the last 20 years? Isn't it that we've tried like crazy to make everyone as comfortable as possible? I mean, fill in your own blanks here. And, and again, I'm not saying we, we go back to 1940 and pews with splinters, okay? But what I am saying is it, we are reaping the product of what we've been sowing for many years because we want people to have a comfortable environment. And originally that was because, because we're going to say hard things and we want to at least have a place where they can feel welcome to hear the hard thing. But I'm afraid the hard things have been fading away. And it's just turned into seven steps to a happy home. So with satire, and this may have been on our first episode, uh, we created a fictional church called St. Egregious. And uh, I think we've done four of these, but uh, I'm going to play the first spot for you. And it may have been on the first episode of this podcast. We wanted to illustrate from the beginning that we're willing to poke fun at ourselves and to say hard things. 
that make people face reality. So give a listen and see if we did. At St. Egregious Church, we desire your worship experience to be the best in town. And we do that by knocking down all barriers to your enjoyment of church. Whether it's that nasty doctrine stuff or challenging you to change your behavior. And now, here's our celeb, uh, Pastor Dirk Kennedy to tell us what's coming up. Bruh, we are totally crushing it here at St. Egregious. And you definitely want to join us for my new sermon series, What I Think. In this series, I will unpack issues that are affecting our country and world and totally kill it by giving you my opinion, then finding isolated scriptures around the Bible that back it up. Dude, it's going to be totally epic. You don't want to miss a week. I'll see you this Sunday. St. Egregious is located in the old Super Kmart between the old Borders Bookstore and the old MC Sports. Service promptly begins at 11-ish. St. Egregious, because the last thing we want in church is for you to feel uncomfortable. So I think it's important as artists that we do these kinds of things. And yeah, within our own house, because everything starts within the house of God. And we've, we've got to get our stuff together because it's only going to get harder out there. And so we need to face these hard questions at some point, and the sooner the better. We're going to have to make hard decisions. There's probably going to be, we hope, not a mass exodus. And we do want to speak the truth in love, without a doubt. And in fact, Paul even told Timothy, do this thing carefully. And, you know, there, there is, you know, certainly an art to that. But we have to do it. One of the things I recognize whenever I'm behind a pulpit, at some point I must say something that makes the audience uncomfortable. I don't mean inappropriate. I don't mean a double entendre. I don't mean, you know, something ridiculous. I, I, I mean something rooted in God's Word that challenges our uh, self-righteousness, frankly. Too often we're going for applause and amens rather than, hmm. I know the applause sounds better on the podcast. But if we're not making our people think, if they're just saying rah-rah, we're not doing our job. Because nothing happens until our hearts are pierced with the unadulterated truth of God's word, enlightened by the Holy Spirit. I think it's important for us as artists, too. I think we have to, within the church, I think we have to challenge the political thing. And again, I'm, I'm not saying you don't have definite political beliefs. I think you should, frankly. <laughs> I think you should know where you stand on different issues and be able to fall on, on one side or another and not do the wishy-washy thing. But listen, everything bows to the Word of God. Everything bows to the Lord and His Word. Everything does. I mean, what's our biggest priority? What energizes us? Is it 
bringing the message of Jesus to an unsafe person? Or is it getting our candidate elected? Because I fear right now, much of the church on both sides, by the way, are much more energized by winning elections than winning souls. We are not one election away from a revival, folks. Elections don't bring spiritual renewal. It begins first with us and reaffirming who we are in Jesus. And I think as artists, we have to find ways to challenge that without going after specific parties. I think we need to find ways because we want as many people to make this trip as possible. People won't like it when there are political issues that are specifically addressed in the Bible. We cannot shy away from them. The Bible is clear on subjects such as life and sex and family and marriage and many others. And if we just preach the word, those things will naturally rise to the surface. I mean, if people leave because the word doesn't match their personal politics, you got to let them leave. And I think this is what artistic Christians need to do. Do we still love those who even oppose us? My word, yes. Jesus said, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, pray for those who even despitefully use you. We must care about the souls of others. But do we avoid preaching the word so we don't offend them? A thousand times, no. We have to come back to the word. And as artists, we need to be rooted in the word of God and find ways to say hard things to our own camp. We need to find creative ways through dialogue, through visual depictions. We need to find ways of asking these questions and at least making people wonder. We need to ask people, seriously, right now, what excites you more? Your favorite candidate? Or is it spiritual deliverance in someone's life, including your own? And reminding them that they're not the same. We can't do much about the itching ears. It's there. But all we can do as artists is show that it's happening and confront people, yes, again, in love, but confront people artistically so that they're forced to make a decision. Well, we appreciate you being a part of the MattCast. Please share this with a friend. We'd love to expand our MattCast family. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at mattcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. If you'd like more information or listen to our archives, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.